This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the LGBTQI plus storytelling night I host and program. If you're new to Queer Stories, welcome. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Head out to your local bookseller to buy the Queer Stories book and enjoy listening to this incredible archive of stories by LGBTQI plus Australians. Jess Maguire is a DJ, writer, broadcaster, MC and trivia host based in Melbourne. She appears regularly on ABC Local Radio and Double J as a reviewer and cultural commentator, and for many years she was the editor of pop culture website Defamer Australia. She was a former co-host on Triple R's Breakfasters, where amongst other things, she had to read out the sports news and mangled more tennis players' names than she cares to remember. Jess performed this story in Melbourne in March 2019. <laughs> Everybody, I am here to talk to you all this evening about a powerful, potent energy that exists within most of us gathered here tonight. I'm talking about our queer force. I know, I know. Queer force sounds like some kind of rainbow vigilante group, and P.S. does that not sound like a lot of fun? Hit me up if you're interested. Imagine how fabulous the uniforms are going to be. Our queer force is not a militant organisation unleashing justice, although, again, just get in touch if that's something that you are interested in joining. It does sound amazing the more I say it. No, our queer force lives inside us. It's a, it's a metaphysical power, an energy field created by all living queers. And no matter where you are, uh, when you grew up, it's likely the thing that drew you, perhaps unknowingly at the time, to find some kind of queer influence in your life, whether it was another maybe slightly older kid in school that you just sort of strangely vibed with, only to later discover that their romantic preferences weren't quite as straight as everyone else's. Um, maybe it was discovering that the band that you kind of were really obsessed with for some inexplicable reason, one day you read an interview with the group in Rolling Stone and the lead singer admits to having same-sex dalliances and your face kind of flushes and you think... But how did I know? Was it the eyeliner? Was it the undercut? It was not the eyeliner or the undercut, friend, although it may have been the eyeliner and the undercut. Mostly, it was your queer force. And I want to tell you about my own experience with the queer force within me, first discovering it as a young child, and then after years of hiding my queer force under a bushel, rediscovering it in my 20s. Now, I grew up in straight town, population, everyone else. By that, I just mean the northwestern suburbs of Sydney in the 90s. Um, there were no queers in my family. There were no queers in our family circle of friends. No queers in the neighbourhood that I knew of. Um, so whatever it was that I felt might have been brewing inside me that made me feel kind of different to everyone else, it didn't have a name. It certainly wasn't to be talked about. But it is essential for every queer to have their penny drop moment. And to paraphrase Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, queer force finds a way. 
So I can tell you with absolute certainty the day that I learned about the existence of queer women because it came to me via some pop culture that can be fairly accurately carbon dated thanks to the ARIA charts. It was winter 1992. 28-year-old Sophie B. Hawkins has released the worldwide hit Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. And on the drive to school one morning, a young Jess Maguire, not knowing that one day as an adult she'd be the type of person to refer to herself in the third person at a queer storytelling night, is daydreaming out the window. Something compels me to turn the song up and give it my full attention. The track is definitely very sexy. But it's not until about three minutes in that I fully understand why the queer force within me has demanded that I give this song my full attention. After a jangly guitar breakdown, Sophie softly sings, I sat on the mountainside with peace of mind And I lay by the ocean making love to her with visions clear I remember sitting there thinking, she's gotten the words wrong. <laughs> she's accidentally sung making love to her and she's obviously meant to sing making love to him. And then 30 seconds later, the life-changing realisation, wait, maybe she didn't get the words wrong. Maybe women can do that to women. The little light inside me, one that had always been there, but perhaps hidden in the darkness of heteronormativity and the desperately sad desire to fit in, begins to burn a little brighter that day. Now, I don't want to imply that all it took was one Sophie B. Hawkins banger on the radio and I was some kind of out and proud baby queer. No. By the time I got to my all-girls Catholic high school, I can confirm that calling someone a lesbian was still the sickest burn you could deliver. I held on to the fact that I still found guys quite attractive, until they talked, uh, with a deathly tight grip, desperate to stay on the straight and narrow. But somehow in my teen years, I did find myself being drawn to older students who ended up being queer, to music and films and art made by queers. Often I didn't know at the time that they were and then later... Uh, and although I just chose to tell myself that it just meant I was super open-minded, in retrospect, I think I was just seeking my people without ever realising that that was exactly what I was doing. One night when I was 19 and flicking through Foxtel, oh, that's just carbon dated me, <laughs> uh, I stumbled across the movie channel which was broadcasting a film called Gia. Clear age divide in the room. Over 30s, queer women are like, mm hmm Yes, she is. Yes, she is. <clears throat> Starring Angelina Jolie, it was a biopic about one of the world's first supermodels, Gia Karanji, and Gia was queer. And in this film, Gia has some very pleasing sexual encounters with women. And I sat perfectly still throughout the whole film, Utterly transfixed until the closing credits. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a film with lesbians in it in the 90s. It's really depressing. Um, Gia is a heroin addict who eventually contracts HIV from a contaminated needle and dies of AIDS in 1986. But <laughs> there are plenty of scenes before that tragic turn of events <laughs> where Gia gets to be madly in love with a woman, make huge romantic overtures and win the girl she loves from the boring straight man she's been living with. And they have some delightfully graphic good times in the boudoir. This was, in the year 2000, quite clearly the greatest movie I had ever seen. 
in my life until a year later when I saw if these walls could talk too. Uh, the next week, all my female friends were coming over to my house for a movie night. I'd run down to the video store to casually hire Gia. <laughs> Not with sex pest intentions, just... And when I presented it to my friends, I pretended as though I had never seen this movie before in my life. Perhaps we could watch this, I innocently suggested. It is a movie starring recent Oscar winner Angelina Jolie, whom we all enjoyed in Girl Interrupted. <laughs> I believe she won a Golden Globe for this performance, an acclaimed piece of cinema whose storyline I know nothing about. Shall we give it a go? <laughs> By the time the sex scenes began to play out on screen, I remember furtively glancing around the room to gauge the responses of my extremely straight friends. They were slack-jawed and hypnotised. At one point, I remember my pal Fee managing to mutter, this is making me feel the way a man and a woman should make me feel. <laughs> I nodded, somehow comforted by this revelation that the unbridled hotness of what was going on was able to be universally appreciated. For some reason, watching a movie about a bisexual woman played by a pre-Billy Bob Angelina Jolie with a group of the straightest people I knew and seeing that they weren't disgusted or outraged it soothed me, even if I wasn't particularly ready to articulate why that might be. While in my early 20s, I had a lovely boyfriend I ended up moving in with. Next couple of years were spent secretly feeding my queer force like a SCOBY. I don't really know how SCOBYs work. <laughs> Through a steady diet of sweet cultural treats, like If These Walls Could Talk to shows like The L Word and the music of Arnie DeFranco. She turned on you guys. No, let's, I'll get to that. Uh, I mean, bless him. My boyfriend even took me to Arnie DeFranco concerts. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I don't think he was cheering by, by, by the M. Night Shyamalan sort of twist at the end. Um, he, you know, he would look on approvingly as I figured out how to play our songs on the guitar. And I remember meeting my first proper Newtown lesbians through my boyfriend. Um, and they, you know, I, I, I tried to talk their language, I guess, by telling them about how much I loved Arnie DeFranco's music. And they rolled their eyes and told me she was pretty much cancelled as she'd gone straight. <laughs> Which, by the way, reminds me of one of the greatest internet zingers I have ever read. When Arnie got pregnant, I can recall a music website announcing the news with the words, Arnie DeFranco has announced she's having a baby with producer Mike Napolitano. Somewhere, an indigo girl is crying. <laughs> anyway, eventually I broke up with that delightfully understanding Arnie DeFranco supporting boyfriend. I moved to Melbourne, I moved away from my super straight corporate world and my super straight social circle to see what life had to offer. And the more that I opened myself up to queer culture and I fed the force within me, the stronger that that force got. It drew gays and lesbians and queers and trans people into my life in greater numbers and it made it infinitely richer. Each baby step I took into the queer world made me stronger and happier and more certain that I was on the right path. Until eventually, a decade on, I became the blissfully happy queer woman that you see standing before you today. Oh, thanks. It's not the end, but maybe it is now. Uh, <laughs> it's about to get megalomaniac, sorry. You see, standing before you today, comma, but thanks for the applause, 
who wields a queer power within her so strong she can sense even the slightest disturbance in the force. And by that, I mean even the most naturopathically diluted queer potential in anyone or anything. It has almost reached the point of being able to manifest outcomes. For instance, the other night I was watching TV and two female characters, workmates, no long history together on the screen, uh, they were just sitting at a bar having a chat and I thought to myself casually like a total creep. Hmm, they're cute. They should do it. <laughs> I shit you not, within 30 seconds, those two characters were finger-banging in a storage cupboard. I haven't actually read The Secret. I don't even need to, given that the sheer strength of my queer force means I can literally bend television storylines to my will. Here is a final example of the power of the queer force. Now, for years, years... I have been telling everyone who would listen that Scary Spice and Ginger Spice definitely fucked when they were in the Spice Girls. I delivered this revelation with absolute authority, although for the life of me, I have no idea why I was so certain. I remember eons ago reading about how Jerry Halliwell didn't like it while Mel B hooked up and married one of their male backing dancers, and I thought, <laughs> oh, well, of course she didn't like that one bit. That is a classic case of complicated friendship, now utterly fractious thanks to a past sexual dalliance. On Monday, news broke. My friend Ben Law referred to it as the Mueller Report for Gays. <laughs> Mel B from the Spice Girls had just given an exclusive interview with Piers Morgan where she sensationally revealed that she and Jerry Halliwell had a sexual history together. By the way, shout out to Sporty Spice who had to cop Endless questions because she liked a comfortable fucking tracksuit while on tour, knowing that those two are at it in the back and just having to keep her cool. No, I don't know anybody that's going here. Anyway. Um, anyway, uh, she sensationally revealed that she and Jerry Halliwell had a sexual history together. People lost their minds. Not this person. Somehow I knew all along, but How? If you've never admitted it before, Scary Spice, how did I always know in my bones that you had topped Jerry Halliwell? <laughs> Queer force, baby. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review the Queer Stories podcast to boost my ego and help spread the word. For tickets and dates, follow Queer Stories on Facebook. And for late night rants and photos of my dog, Frank, follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. For discount tickets to my shows, as well as other perks, become a supporter of my work on Patreon for as little as $4 a month. Details on MaveMarsden.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.